Thanks, Selena, for making tears come down my eyes. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? All right, we want to just welcome you guys to week two of our family series. All right, I see folks grabbing notebooks and notepads. Y'all got me feeling special, like I'm saying something today. Look at y'all. All right, y'all, so we're dealing with family. Um, last week, we dealt with... Uh, Basically, the beginning of the family or the start of the family. Uh, but today, we're going to deal with the fall of the family. All right, last week we dealt with the first family. I couldn't think of the title. Uh, this week, we're dealing with the fall of the family. You guys all ready? You guys all right? How many of y'all had a great week? All right, how many of y'all looking for a better week this week? All right, we got some birthdays this week. I ain't saying no names. But God is good. Amen. So uh, we're looking forward to what God is getting ready to do for us through this family series. And I hope you guys uh, are, are getting something out of it. So we're going to get right to it. And ask you guys, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis, the third chapter. We're going to start at the eighth verse. And when you get there, say amen. If you're not there yet, say hold up. <laughs> and guess what? If you don't have it yet, then uh, you can look right up here on the screen. You guys ready? All right, here we go. It says, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking. I'm sorry, heard of the, the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard you in the garden. and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. I hid. Then he asked, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Then the man replied, the woman you gave me, <laughs> you gave to be with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. So the Lord God asked the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, it was the serpent. He deceived me and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He said to the woman, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children in anguish. Your desire will be to your husband, yet he will rule over you. The Bible said that, not me. And he said to Adam, because you listened to your wife's voice and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat, I commanded you do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground since you were taken from it. And you are dust, and you will return to dust. Adam named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. The Lord God made clothing out of skins for Adam and his wife and clothed them. The Lord God said, since man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out, take, he must not reach out, take from the tree of life, eat and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. 
He drove man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming, whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way of the tree of life. I want to talk today about the fall of the family. The fall of the family. And for us to take some lessons from this text on how to prevent or take preventative measures from the enemy infiltrating our house. Are you guys with me? So one thing we want to understand here, I'm going to give you about three points today. Uh, One thing that I want you guys to understand is that the assignment of the enemy is to pervert the order of the family. His whole assignment when he sees a family is to pervert the order of the family. So one way that he tries to do is one thing he will try to do is he will try to change your structure, pervert it, bring confusion to it so that it cannot function properly. And this goes for any type of family. This goes from blended, nuclear, grandparents, foster, adopted. It doesn't matter. When he sees family, when he sees community, his whole assignment is to destroy it. Are y'all with me? His whole assignment is to destroy it. Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't going to destroy my family. So God puts a certain order in line. All right. I'm, I'm talking biblically. Okay. God creates. And at the end of his creation, on the sixth day, he creates man. Out of man, he creates woman. Between the union of man and woman, they create children. But they are supposed to have dominion over all of the fowls of the air, over all of the fish of the sea, and all of the beast on the land. That's their assignment. Their assignment is to rule. But when we go to this text, we see that they're going into the garden. And as they're going into the garden, Eve has a shift. Remember, man rules over the, the fowls, the beast, and the things of the ocean. He's supposed to have dominion. And you don't take advice from something that you have authority over. Amen. <laughs> So one thing that the enemy tries to do is he tries to make you listen to things that you're supposed to have authority over. And he allows those things to condition your mind into believing that it has more control over you than you have over it. So now the serpent starts speaking, grabs the attention of Eve, and she starts having relationship with the creature and not the creator. (laughs) I told you this is the structure. There's God. There's man, there's woman, there's children, there's beast. (laughs) I'm going to say it again. There's God, there's man, there's woman, there's children. I like that, and. And there's beast. So the purpose is for us to be aligned this way, following God. Eve turns around and changes the structure of the family by taking advice from something that they have dominion over. And now she, because there's no children at this point, so we're going to supersede the children. She now listens to the beast. Watch this. For many years, I thought Adam was somewhere else, but Adam was right there. Because after he talks to her and she moves on her temptation, the Bible says, and she hands it to her husband. So now the woman takes instruction from the creature. The creature gives instruction to the woman. The woman gives instruction to the man, but God takes no instruction from anybody. 
So now everybody's back is towards God and that changes the structure of the family. Whenever God is not in front and God is behind, then the structure of your family is all messed up. So the thing that I've enjoyed over the last two weeks when we've been looking at these interviews and the question was how important is God in the family? And everybody said 100 percent or most important. It tells me something. It tells me that God is the leader of your family. But the moment God becomes the follower, God don't follow nobody. And it tells me that your family is out of order. So one thing that we have to ask ourselves is who are we following in our relationship? Hmm. Think about it. What is really the head of your house? Is it the creature or is it the creator? We must make sure that we get our direction from God. Watch this. Not from our children. I will listen to my children's input. I will listen to their feelings. I will listen to some of their advice, but I will not follow my children or else I change the structure of my family. Y'all quiet in here. If anything, I'm supposed to be given instruction, but if I'm taking instruction from my children, it says something is wrong with the family. So yes, maybe we should let you stay up a little bit longer. Yes. Maybe you're right about, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, I have the final say. And I understand what you're saying, but at the end of the day, I'm the judge, the jury, and the verdict of the household. But the moment we allow our children to rule us, it perverts the family. (laughs) Y'all with me? Can I go a step further? The moment we allow social media to influence the family, perversion. The moment we allow television to lead the family, perversion. Y'all, listen, the moment we allow self-help books to lead the family, perversion. Uh, Let me me stop there, let me stop there. There's nothing wrong with self-help books, I read them myself. But the first thing I do is I get direction from God. And then if I open the book and it's not aligned with his word, then the book has no value. (laughs) I love Oprah Winfrey. But if Oprah says that there's many ways to God, but my book says there's only one way, then I got to turn the channel because I can't agree with what Oprah is saying. Y'all quiet. Y'all with me? When social media says this is how the family should be raised, but the Bible says that this is the way it should be, I got to turn directions because if I allow those things to influence my family, I shift my culture. (sighs) I believe that I am probably the first generation, my generation, those of us that grew up in the 80s, we're probably one of the first generations that television raised us. Not everybody. I'm gonna tell you why. Because if you were born in the 60s and 70s, 50s, y'all probably had about four or five channels. <laughs> so you was forced to go outside. <laughs> you did not want to watch The Young and the Restless. <laughs> that was grandma's thing. So you went outside, but some of us, By the time we got on board, me and Kara and some of us, I'm going to bring her in my age group. We had about 40 channels. All right? 
Now, I'm going to go a step further because this is how old I am. And we had cable with a cable box but no remote. You had to get up and press the buttons. And we had channels 1 through 40. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm talking to some. Yasmin knows what I'm talking about. She was the remote. Yasmin was the remote. Yasmin, put it on BT. <laughs> click, click, hit the channel 37. Put it on ESPN. Click, click to the top, channel 7. Put it on Prism. Y'all remember Prism. Channel 2. <laughs> we had a variety of channels, and we began to become consumed in television. And if our parents weren't careful, thank God we had godly parents, but if our parents weren't careful, we would have been allowed to be consumed and being raised by the television and not by the family or by the parents. <laughs> now there's a new generation that doesn't watch TV. Even with the smart TV, they don't put cable on. They watch YouTube. Because their attention span is so short that they can't watch 30 minutes of programming. So they have to watch a bunch of five-minute shots of something all day because they can't stay connected to something for more than 30 minutes to an hour, mm, which is why they can't pay attention in church, which is why they can't listen to the sermon. Y'all, y'all, I'm from a different era where you sat in church all day. No, 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 all. Sunday school at 10, service at 11.30. Chicken George, Selena know about Chicken George on Mount Ephraim Avenue. It's checkers now. Chicken George in between service with the picnic tables and the Michael Jordan posters on the wall. And I'm going to go a step further. And the bullet, <laughs> the bullet hole in the window from my head hitting the glass. Y'all know, Yasmin know about that. I hit my head at Chicken George and they had a dent in the window that stayed there forever. <laughs> and then back, <laughs> back to service all day. So one th I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong, but our mind was on Jesus all day. So what happens is now we've become controlled by media. We've been controlled by books. We've been controlled by motivational speakers. We've been controlled by influencers. We've been controlled by reality TV. And the family has shifted and the children will rather tell you what Kim Kardashian said than what Jesus said. <laughs> Y'all quiet. I, I, I know mom, but you old school. I know dad, but you old school. This is the way we're doing it now. And we're shifting our family away from God. And we're worshiping, back to Romans 1, we're worshiping creatures, but not the creator. So his assignment is exactly that. I'm going to shift the family. And I watch this. Help me, God. I'm getting this right here. I'm going to shift the family to turn their back from God. And the children love the parents love the children more than me, that they'll chase the children and stop chasing me. I'm gonna leave that alone. What I tell you is the structure. Man, woman. Children, beast, somebody shifts, you shift, but I won't. That's got to be your motto. <laughs> if I'm following Christ and you happen to shift, I'm going to love you, 
but I'm not going to shift with you. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm not going to turn around and try to chase you into something that's further away from God. No, no, no. I'm going to keep going this way. And eventually when you realize that the creature is no good for you, you'll get back in line and the family will find a structure again. But one of the problems is, is the whole family keeps chasing somebody. Husband's chasing wife. Wife's chasing children. Children chasing beasts. And God is saying, hey, what happened to me? I thought I was the one that supplied your need. I thought I was your provider. I thought I was your healer. Now, we all jacked up. When I say, oh, I'm not saying y'all, because I don't want nobody thinking, no, my family, fine. We all follow Jesus. Praise God. Humanity is all jacked up because we're chasing everything but God. I don't want to go too far with this. I don't want to go too far with this, but there's a difference between church and God. And some folks have have chased church, not the church, church, and not God, and have perverted the family. Y'all going to, I'm going to leave that alone. And a lot of families have been broken because of church. I got to define what church is. There's a difference. There's God's bride. And then there's church. So you chose church over your children. (laughs) And you've perverted the family as well. So now, y'all with me? I'm sorry. I'm I'm, going to move on. So now, the way that the enemy is going to creep in in this last day, and he already has, is he's going to shift our focus away from God. He's going to put signals in. You're going to follow friends on social media who've left Christ, and they're going to put memes up of how Christianity's fake and how it's the religion of the white man and how you picked up this religion and slavery and all of that stuff, and that stuff gets in your spirit, and next thing you know, you done shifted this way because you've allowed a meme to dictate your relationship with God. Y'all be shocked. That some folks do more evangelism turning people from God on Facebook than we do evangelism turning people to God with the book. You know what I mean? So God's design, once again, is male, female, children, then animal. Eve shifted the dynamic of the order of the family, which allows sin to enter into the family. Watch this. And Adam allowed it. So we're going to knock all that all the woman that you gave me. Adam allowed it because he was there, help me God, and allowed his wife to entertain a devil. And if I am the man of my house, I cannot allow, not allow, I cannot allow my wife to entertain devils in my sight. Oh, I wish I had more men here today. <laughs> The problem is you've allowed her to entertain it. Hmm. So he sat there, let her conversate with the devil, and he's the one that named the devil. And didn't say, Eve, stop. Follow me. But allowed her to follow the devil and loved her so much that he followed her and she followed the devil. 
That's what made God mad. And that's why God dealt with Adam first. He did not say, Adam and Eve, where art thou? He said, Adam, where are you? Because you are the head of the house and you allowed sin to enter. Y'all with me today? Am I talking too, too crazy? Point two. After they realize their sin, I'm going to go a little deep today, so I hope y'all, y'all with me. Y'all, uh, this this, this going to hurt a little bit. After they attempted to sin, or after they sinned, they attempted to cover themselves. Watch this. They attempted to cover their relationship rather than expose the flaw of their relationship to God. I'm going to say that again. They attempted to cover the flaw of their relationship rather than expose the flaw of their relationship to God. Too many times we're in relationship, this is husband and wife, where we're trying to cover our flaw from God. Not people. I ain't worried about people. I ain't worried about people. We got issues in the house and we never go to God. Not quite. We'll fight each other, but we don't pray about it. Because what we're doing is we're covering our mess in the house as if, though, first and foremost, God don't see it. Amen. <laughs> Y'all quiet. And God is looking at us saying, when are you going to tell me there's an issue so that I can fix it? And the problem is because we don't have strong relationship with him, we don't understand the power of him being a problem fixer. So what do we do? We shift the family to Oprah. We shift the family to therapy. Listen, I ain't got nothing wrong with therapy. But what I'm saying is sometimes they'll tell you stuff that ain't in the book. They'll tell you to divorce. And that was not God's will for your marriage. Now you separating because you shifted to somebody that gave you an advice that was not anointed to give you the advice. And now your family is broken because you didn't expose your flaw to God. You exposed your flaw to a flawed person and they gave you flaw advice. Why am I here today? So the first thing that Adam and Eve does is they cover themselves, which is symbolic of them hiding their dysfunction. From God. If you hide your relationship from God, your relationship will never be any good. If you hide your relationship from God, and I ain't gonna be long today, your relationship will never be good. You know what I learned? We ain't gotta even pray together to go, God. I can just pray over here. But if I know you're praying over there, God's going to connect our prayers together and give us some answers together. But the problem is, is when I'm just praying. <laughs> We're talking about the fall of the family, y'all. The problem is, is when just the man is praying. The problem is just when the woman's praying. But when we both pray and we both connecting to God, God is, Holy Spirit going to talk to both of us. Problem is, <laughs> I wish I had some honest married folks in here. Sometimes you don't want God to tell you the truth. Because God would tell you to go tell your husband or wife you're sorry. 
<laughs> Anthony laughing. He like, hmm. So I don't want to pray. Because if I pray, God going to tell me to go in the room and tell her I was wrong. Y'all quiet. Y'all laughing. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't want to talk to you, Jesus. Because <laughs> I know if I talk to you, Jesus, you're going to tell me to say I'm sorry. And the next thing I know, I'm going to look like the sucker in this situation. So what he wants us to do is he wants us, even if there's some hostility, is for you to constantly stay connected to him. And hopefully if you're married to a safe person on their end, they're staying connected as well. And that leaves room for reconciliation. There's two different deaths that Paul talks about when he talks about marriage. He talks about a physical death, which now releases you to remarry. But there's also something called a spiritual death. That's when you're, related, you're married to somebody that's spiritually dead. Oh, I'm going to leave that alone. That's a whole nother conversation. That's when you're married to somebody that cannot have the light of God shine into them, into their heart, to lead them to repentance. And that's a bad situation. Y'all with me? So what a lot of us attempt to do is cover our relationship. <laughs> we try to cover our relationship not only from God, but also from people. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I um, bring you into some transparency in my marriage for just a little bit? I think Ray will be all right with this. Look, she looking. I'll give y'all some transparency real quick. Sometimes we don't agree. Sometimes we have some intense disputes. We don't yell. I don't yell, I don't hit, I don't do none of that. I don't do that in my house. Not, never. Because I got my kids in the house. And not even if they were in the, not in the house. I'm not saying I'm pop her side of the head if they was out. Y'all like, oh, wow, I'll, I'll babysit. Knock her upside the head, Pastor. <laughs> but we don't, we don't go to the point to where it's like, you know, certain words and certain things. Because my thing is, you say certain things, I'm going to believe you. So don't say something you don't believe. I can be okay with you being mad at me. When you start talking about my mama. Oh, that's how you felt since we didn't. Let me stop. But we, we, go, we go to a certain extent. But you know what happens? <laughs> when I'm mad like that, or I'm ang or not angry, but I'm upset over a dispute, I just don't get on social media. You know what drives me crazy? Is when your, your, your relationship is chaotic, and then y'all taking pictures, holding hands on the beach, talking about relationship goals. But I just spoke to you last week, and you said you hated them, and you wish you could knock them upside the head with a pot. And I'm trying to figure out how in the world y'all relationship goals for anybody. You're hiding under a facade. So this is God saying, where are you? Y'all know y'all can't stand each other. Why are you lying? Why are you always lying? <laughs> lying. Covering, pretending, facade, knowing things aren't right. But so you're so concerned about what everybody in the church has to say that you put a covering over it and God can't help you because you're covering your mess. You're not exposing it to him so that you can fix it. If there's a conflict, stay off social media. Then you won't even know. But the worst thing's worse is when last week y'all was lovey-dovey and this week you put in a four-page rant on how you hate them and how you're leaving them tomorrow. 
Now you just confuse the whole situation because in most cases it didn't happen over the course of the week. You felt that way for about two or three years, but you've been putting band-aids on it, pretending. And that's the example of Adam and Eve putting a cover over the flaw of their relationship rather than being honest with God so that God can heal the relationship. Is this too much? Sin will make you cover yourself, but not repent. Mm. I'm going to say it again. Sin will make you cover yourself, but not repent. The first thing Adam and Eve should have done before they got fig leaves was call God. But rather than worrying about how God felt, they covered themselves trying to prevent God from seeing it. And God does not recognize sin, which is why he called out, Adam, where are you? So we got to be careful of what we cover our flaws with. Because certain cuts can't be healed with a Band-Aid. Say it again. You just can't wrap certain, certain issues or lacerations on your body. Anybody been cut deep before? You can't, you can't, you can't, go, you can't go to the doctor and they just put a Band-Aid on it. Some things got to be stitched. And before they stitch it, they got to clean it. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it's painful when God is cleaning some mess in your life. I'll holler next week. So he covers, they try to cover their sin, but they don't repent from their sin. And they try to hide their secrets from God as if though God does not know our innermost secrets. You can't hide from God. You can't hide how you really feel from God. So they call themselves hiding from the eternal one and the one that created them. We're not God. But those of us that have children, you know your kids pretty well after a while. I got one that her eyes get real big when she's telling me a story. I ain't say no names. Why your eyes getting big? See? But she'll walk in the room and I'll say, hey, did you, do, did, you, did you do what I told you to do? Yeah, I did it. And when that voice go up there, <laughs> when that soprano hits up there, I'm like, nope, she ain't do it. You do your homework? Yes! <laughs> go get it. Now, I was going to let you slide, but go in the book bag, let me see it. And that's how we are with God. Did you do that? No, God! <laughs> whole, whole attitude shifts when you're in mess and God calls you out on it. It's the same way. You cannot hide from God rather than your physical features Revealing itself, your spirit reveals to God if you're lying to him. All right. Praise God. Somebody got a temper. <laughs> God doesn't recognize or know you when you try to cover yourself. He knows you. But just like you're pretending like you're not in sin, he pretend like he don't know you. So we know God is all knowing, but he says, Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But what God wants you to do is he wants you to confess your sins. So he'll ask you a rhetorical question so you can answer back with your issue. <laughs> there can be no reconciliation without confession. I'm going to say that again. 
There can be no reconciliation without confession. Romans 10 and 9, if thou confess with thy mouth and but in thy heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, then thou shall be saved. But there must be confession before reconciliation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You got to call. You got to repent. John tells us, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's under repentance that now you accept to, you basically tell God, God, I'm helpless in this mess. Heal me and deliver me. And that's when God can come in and bring reconciliation to your life. But as long as you're in the way saying that you can fix it and you got the answer and you know how to get out of it, you'll never get out of it. God is waiting for you to say, God, help me. I'm helpless. So God now calls them and acts as if though he doesn't know them so that he can get a confession out of them. I'm almost done, y'all. Here we go. You guys ready? It's going to be deep. If the parent's relationship, this is the fall of the family. If the parent's relationship isn't in sync with God, it will produce a product of mess with children. If the parent's relationship isn't in sync, it produces a product of mess with the children. Y'all quiet. Because now, since sin has entered into the world, now they're going to have children with their sinful nature. Mm. And it comes a hundred times harder, I'll say seven times harder, than the issue that you had if you don't find reconciliation and salvation in your religion. We talked about this on Wednesday night with the Amalekites. Y'all remember, you remember that support, the Amalekites? All right, praise God, she remember. All right. <laughs> so, y'all with me? So, we have here that Adam and Eve just eat a fruit, but Cain kills Abel. Mm. Then Cain has children. And they're murderers. And they're wanderers. Seth has children. Seth is the one that's the one that the Lord blesses, or, or she calls she calls him because uh, you know, basically I've got a man child from the Lord. But even his his generation has issues. Because Adam and Eve's relationship from that point was out of sync. So now you hear a story of a man by the name of Lamech, who marries two women, the first polygamous man in the Bible, and he kills somebody. And now you see, you go through all of the generations up to Noah, and you see how out of whack the family is because of this sin to the point to where God has to come and wipe out mankind from the face of the earth because sin had messed up the world that bad. And if sin can mess up the world that bad, imagine what it can just do to your house. If God had to wipe mankind out, imagine what can happen to your house if you don't keep Christ as the foundation of your house. Help me, Jesus. If I don't keep him as the source, as the strength, and as the director of my house, I have four children that are going to branch out with my issues and affect other people. 
Because one day they're going to marry somebody with my issues. And they're going to have children with my issues and their issues. And they're going to have children with my issues, their issues, and their issues. And they're going to have children with my issues, their issues, their issues, and their issues. And that's just one of my kids. Now I got three more. And next thing you know, I created a culture on the earth with a sinful nature that can't repent because the foundation never got it right with God. I told them all that was okay. I'm just trying to be liberal. I'm just trying to, you know, let them live their life. I'm not going to get in their way. I'm not going to tell them about God. I'm going to let them choose their God for themselves. <laughs> it's one thing when you're an adult and you decide, that's fine. But as for me and my house, back to my scripture in my house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, you 25 and you decide you want to go to Buddha, that's fine. You 25, you ain't in my house. But as long as you're here, you're going to know Jesus. And like I said, and I'm never going to turn my back on him. And one day you're going to recognize, and I'm not knocking nobody else's God, but I just know that there's only one God. And one mediator between God and man. And his name is Jesus. And I know eventually and eventually and eventually, as long as I keep following him and you recognize the working wonder power in my life because of him and you over there following whoever, eventually you're going to have to turn your back this way and say, there's something working over there. Let me get myself back with God. So we affect the whole generations of our family if we don't get it right with God in our foundation. Y'all with me? When you uncover yourself from the plan of God, you cover yourself with other things. I'm going to say it again. When you uncover yourself from the plan of God, like Adam and Eve, you cover yourself with other things. Watch this. They tried to cover themselves with what they ate. And in most cases, you try to cover yourself with whatever feeds your flesh. Mm. Spiritually or physically. So you try to cover yourself with sex. Because that's your appetite. You try to cover yourself with lies. Because that's your appetite. You try to cover yourself with whatever type of issue you have. I can't even think of all the sins. Whatever sin it is. Because that's what's feeding your appetite. Whatever you, whenever you run from the covering of God, you cover yourself with whatever's feeding you with your appetite at that time. And what you'll find out is whatever that is that you're feeding your appetite with is not good nutrition for your soul. <laughs> I love French fries. I'm sure y'all can tell. I love me some fries, some good fries. I had a whole argument about fries the other day at work. He's like, what do you like, crinkle fries, waffle fries, steak fries? Or, and I said, I like all of them, but uh, sonic fries. And we had this big argument about fries, but fries, and if, if my appetite consisted of just fries, if God says, I'm going to bless you and just drop French fries from heaven, I'm going to tell you all something. I'm, I'm going to last a little longer than most of y'all because I love fries. But eventually, that oil, that salt, that starch, is eventually going to weigh my body down 
and I'm going to become sick of French fries. And it's the same way with sin is eventually you consume that in your spiritual appetite, but eventually you become sin sick. Because eventually your appetite begins to share, your body, your spiritual body begins to share with you that it's no good for your spiritual nutrition. And next thing you know, you have spiritual cancer. And there's only one way that can heal you from that issue. And that thing that can heal you is the blood of Jesus. The only thing that is the proper nutrition for your soul is Jesus. And that's why he says, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, then you have no part of me because I am the proper nutrition for your soul. See, I could have hooped that right there, but I'm going to leave that alone. So we try to cover ourselves with other things when we walk outside of the will of God. And I'm going to stop here. Are you all with me? This morning, God is calling us. And the question is, are we hiding or can we respond? God is calling our families. David says, where art thou? Herbert's, where art thou? Moorfields, Smith's, Onlys, Ferguson. Singular, but you're still a family. You are family. Where are you? Are you covering? McCoy's, I ain't forget you. I'll make sure I get every, Scipio! I'll call every family in here. Where are you? Are you hiding from him? Or are you open to him? And I'm here to encourage you, if you are hiding any issue in your life, drop the covers. He's already seen you naked. (laughs) I'm talking spiritually. Drop them. He's already seen it. Show him the flaw. Show him the issue. Show him the problem. God, me and Rachel ain't getting along. Help us. But I can't keep covering it. Because if I'm covering it, he ain't going to heal it. He wants you to call it by its name. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. When Jesus casted out demons, he called them by their name. Legion. Y'all Woman, when he called it, whatever it was, he called it by its name and it fled. You got to call that thing out because that's not you. So today our question is, what does God want from us? The question I have to ask is, am I covering anything? Are there issues that I'm not revealing to God, not people, forget people. Forget us. Forget us. And that's why I'm, I'm not that I have an issue with altar calls, but what I found out sometimes back in the day is that it became dramatic. Thank you. And what people were doing, they were sitting out in the congregation trying to read your business from the altar. Thank you. God is a healer and God can move anywhere. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to have times where I'm going to say, come up here. But sometimes I'm going to say, bow your head. Because we don't need nobody reading our issue. Somebody here got a cigarette addiction. All the smokers come up and every, I knew she smoked. I, knew, I smelt it on her last week when she sat next to I knew he was a drinker. Lord, have mercy. All the mints in that top pocket. <laughs> we don't need all that. So today, we're just going to have a word of prayer. And whatever your issue is, today, we're going to say, God, I drop it. 
I reveal it to you. I confess it to you so that you can heal it and so that you can reconcile me and so that you can keep the proper structure in my family and so that I can prove to you that I follow you and nothing else. Y'all with me? Amen. So we're going to have a word of prayer. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. I don't care if you got it all together or if you all messed up, we ain't going to know because we just going to pray. Is that all right? We just going to pray and whatever it is, we're going to pray that God releases it so that you can continue to walk in his word and walk in his ways and that he gets you where he wants you to go. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word on today, God. We ask God that you touch each and every single one of us name by name and one by one, God. God, today, God, we take the covers off. God, we reveal to you our flaws, our issues, our insecurities, God, the things we struggle with, our fears. Because, God, you haven't given us the spirit of fear. So today, one of us, God, some of us, God, just release that spirit of fear that's in us, God, that's preventing us, God, from taking that next step in you, God. God, we reveal it to God. Help us, God, in our fears. Help us, God, in our infirmities. Help us, God, in our sickness. Help us, God, with our mental thoughts that are not like you, God. God, allow us, God, to continue to follow you, God. God, allow us, God, to just sway those things away from us, God, that are trying to prevent us, God, from following you, God, and taking our attention off of you, God. Allow us, God, to focus on your word, God. Give us direction, God. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for our families. For, God, as we seek you, God, our families are going to follow. God, as we continue, God, to seek your word, God, I pray, I, I prophesy this today, God, in the name of Jesus, God, that our families are going to align back into your word, God. And we thank you right now, God, for, God, this is going to be the month of miracles for families, God. God, I thank you in advance, God, for the doors that are going to open, God, for the phone calls that are going to happen, God, for the hugs that we're going to give folks again, God, God, for their relationships that are going to be binded back together again. God, we thank you in advance. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go-hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.